Welcome to the Avoiding Divorce Podcast. My name is Steve and I want to welcome you to and thank you for listening to today's episode. Just a quick reminder, we do have a email address, avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. That's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us. Let us know about your situation or if you have any comments or questions feel free to email them to that to that address and we will um, take that under consideration for future podcasts that's avoiding divorce at gmail.com and once again thanks for listening welcome to episode 11 of the avoiding divorce podcast i'm your host steve I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. We're going to be talking about a couple of different topics in this episode, uh, one in each segment. And the first topic we're going to be looking at today is individual counseling. And I think it's an important topic because so many left-behind spouses, um, immediately after bomb day, their first thought is to try to talk their spouse into marriage counseling. And I've already spent time on this podcast talking about marriage counseling and why you should not be trying to talk your spouse into going to marriage counseling. Just real briefly, one of the big reasons is is because um, your spouse is not into working on the marriage. Marriage counseling can work when... Both spouses are committed to the marriage, but when one spouse is not committed to working on the marriage, marriage counseling has very little chance of working. And so what I like to tell left-behind spouses is to focus on individual counseling instead. Now, most of the time, by time a left-behind spouse has found this podcast, they've already been trying to talk their spouse, their walkaway spouse, into marriage counseling. And some may have already been successful into getting the walkaway spouse to agree to marriage counseling. I highly suggest stopping the marriage counseling since your walkaway spouse's heart isn't into it anyway and letting them know that you're going to continue on with individual counseling. There's a lot of reasons why Left-behind spouses should be uh, engaged in individual counseling, and we'll look at a few of those during this segment. But one of the, the big ones is, and you have to be very careful with this, and I've mentioned this on this podcast before, but one of the big ones is, is because your walkaway spouse is going to be really skeptical of any changes that you make. Um, to yourself, any improvements that you make to yourself, and think that it's just a manipulation attempt to try to get them to come back to the marriage. When a left-behind spouse gets into individual counseling, that can send a signal to the walkaway spouse that the left-behind spouse is serious about trying to make changes for the positive in their life and and trying to work through any issues that the left-behind spouse uh, might have. 
Now, I, I say to be careful with this because you should be engaging in self-improvement, not for your walkaway spouse's benefit, but for your own. And what I mean by that is we spend a lot of time talking about trying to make self-improvements in the left-behind spouse. You, the purpose for that is to become the best version of yourself that you can be. Not to try to save your marriage, not to try to get your, your walkaway spouse to come back, but so that you're setting yourself up for a successful life, for moving forward successfully, and for being successful in your next relationship, whether that's with your walkaway spouse or with somebody new. And so it's, it's really important that you work on yourself and become the best version of yourself that you can be for yourself, not to manipulate your spouse back to the marriage. If you engage in individual counseling or if you work on self-improvements for the sole purpose of trying to get your walkaway spouse to come back, they'll see right through that. And we'll actually spend some time in the next segment talking about manipulation um, versus sincerity um, because I think it's something that a lot of left-behind spouses struggle with. So individual counseling can send a strong message to your walkaway spouse, but again, you have to be careful not to do it just for their benefit. One of the ways that you can do that is by not even telling them that you're in individual counseling. If they find out or if they come up, if you're in in-home separation and, and they ask where you're going and you in, in, eventually tell them, that's fine that they, that they find out, but you shouldn't be floating it like some feather in your cap. Hey, I'm serious about the changes that I'm making. I'm still serious that I've enrolled in individual counseling. That's, that's really not the behavior that, that you're looking for here. So do it, enroll in individual counseling, uh, find a good individual counselor, and we'll talk a little bit more about finding a good individual counselor in this segment before we close. But get involved in it and do it for yourself. Now, there's a lot of reasons why you should be in individual counseling. Um, one of them is, like I said, it, it can show a walkway spouse that you're serious about the changes that you're trying to make in your life. But really, the, the other reasons are, are more important. And the first one is, is you've just gone through a trauma. When you get bombed aid and your spouse comes to you and says they long, no longer want to be married, that's trauma. And I firmly believe that most left-behind spouses suffer from some form of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. Whether that is because your spouse cheated on you, whether it's because they walked away from you, whether it's because of the manner in which they walked away from you, whether it's because of emotional abuse or verbal abuse that they may have um, committed while they were walking away from you, whatever it is, usually the left behind spouse is suffering from some form of, of post-traumatic stress disorder just because of how stressful and how traumatic uh, having somebody 
you know, having your spouse tell you that they, they don't want to be married to you anymore or that they want a divorce uh, can be. Um, I tell left-behind spouses all the time when they contact me or when I'm working with them that I understand how difficult of a, of a period in their life they're going through. They're probably not eating well. They're probably not sleeping well. And so there's definitely stress and trauma going on in the left-behind spouse's life. Individual counseling is one of the best ways in order to deal with that. A good individual counselor will help you work through that stress, work through that trauma, and help you cope with it and, and, and give you coping uh, exercises and, and mechanisms in order to um, you know, be, be able to process what you're going through and, and, and work through all of the stress and trauma that you're currently under. And so I'm a big advocate of individual counseling to help you deal with what you're currently going through. Another reason that I think it's important to get into individual counseling is something that I've espoused on this podcast in the past, and that is you really should not be confiding in people in your life. You really shouldn't be talking about your situation with family and with friends, whether those are uh, mutual friends that both you and your spouse share, whether they're you know it's a, a friend that you consider your friend, even if it's just your family that you, that you that you want to confide in, and the reason for that is is there's plenty of, you know there's lots of reasons why you shouldn't be uh, engaging friends and family in your situation, um, and and I think we've covered them on this podcast before. Um, and I'll probably make that a uh, topic of a future segment of this podcast just because I, I feel so strongly about it. And so we won't get into all the reasons here, but partly is because they cannot be objective. If they're your friend, if they're your family, of course they're going to be very sympathetic to your plight. And therefore, they're objectivity is going to be compromised because they want what's best for you. They want to try to end your pain as quickly as possible. And so the advice and the feedback you get from friends and family isn't always going to be objective and they're going to be trying to um, you know, get you to take the, the simplest and easiest path towards what they think will make you happy and healthy again. An individual counselor is not going to do that. They're going to be an objective uh, listener. They're going to uh, understand that there's probably three sides to your story, yours, your spouse's, and then the truth somewhere in the middle. They will be able to cut through um, any uh, psychological or emotional uh, issues that you have and that you're dealing with and, and, and help you see um, your situation a little more objectively as well. And so they're just going to be an objective uh, part of the process of trying to get past uh, the hurt and the pain and the stress and the trauma. And 
they're going to try to get you to uh, engage in activities um, and behaviors that are going to set you up for long-term success, not necessarily just put a Band-Aid over, over the, the wound that you're currently dealing with. And so rather than confiding in people you know, it's better to find a good individual counselor to get an objective uh, viewpoint, um, somebody who can step outside of the emotions and the, and the hurt and really look at your situation objectively and help you deal with things. So, you know, getting a good individual counselor will let you have that outlet that you would normally rely on friends and family for um, because friends and family, their, their advice isn't, isn't going to be as sound as an objective uh, individual counselors will. So, you know, those are some key reasons why you should get into individual counseling. And, you know, I really highly encourage you as the left behind spouse to look at individual counseling. Now, I said I'd leave some time in this segment to talk about why it's important to find a good individual counselor. There's a few professions in our world that I think people end up being kind of poor at uh, vetting and finding, you know, finding the, the, the right uh person or the right service or the right company to go with. Um, I've always said that about funerals. Um, when, when a loved one passes away, we usually pick up the phone and the first funeral home that we contact is the one we go with. And, and I think that's one of the reasons funerals have become so expensive is because very few people shop around for funeral services. They just don't want to deal with it. And the same thing can happen with individual counseling. I think a lot of times people just go with the first counselor they find, and even if that counselor isn't working for them, they stick with them. I highly encourage you to constantly be thinking about whether the counselor is working for you or not. Don't settle for an inferior counselor. If the counselor is not working for you, don't give up on counseling. Just give up on that counselor and find another counselor that works for you. Don't be afraid to shop around. Don't be afraid to fire a counselor if you're not getting from them what you what you need and and, and if you don't feel like you're you're uh, it's working for you. But don't give up on individual counseling. I run into so many people who say, "Well, I had a bad experience with a bad counselor." So therefore, you know, I don't want to waste the money on counseling. If you find the right counselor, individual counseling can pay huge dividends for you. Uh, not only just going through your situation, but also going through, you know, other things and, and dealing with other issues that you might have in your life. So don't settle for a counselor. Find one that works for you. And do a little bit of upfront work as well. Find uh, somebody who has good referrals, that has good reviews. Um, you know, don't don't just pick up the the just don't Google counselors near me and pick the first one that comes comes up on the search. So um, feel free to shop around until you find a counselor that works for you. Finding a good one is paramount 
to individual counseling working in your situation. So that's um, my segment on individual counseling. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about our next subject. Thank you. Welcome back to the Avoiding Divorce podcast. My name is Steve. In this segment, we will be looking at a subject I think is very important because so many left-behind spouses struggle with this subject. And this is the subject of manipulation versus sincerity. And I know I've spent time on this podcast talking about this subject in the past, but I think it's important to talk about this subject again because um, it's such a struggle as a left-behind spouse when your situation is at such a forefront of your mind, when you're trying to save your marriage is, is almost becomes the number one priority in your life, that you start to do everything in the frame of whether or not it's going to save your marriage or whether it's not going to save your marriage. I think one of the things that I've tried to get you to understand through the first 10 episodes of this podcast is that the best way to save your marriage is to stop trying to save your marriage. And I really encourage left-behind spouses to always weigh every action that they're doing and measure it against whether or not they're doing this to try to save their marriage or whether they're doing this to try to better themselves. If the action falls on the former, you're, trying to, you're doing this action to try to save your marriage, then I think you really need to step back from that and uh, have second thoughts about whether to engage in that action or behavior. If the answer is you're doing it to better yourself for self-improvement reasons, then go ahead and make that part of your life, take that action or, or, or that behavior. Now, the reason this is such an important subject is left-behind spouses sometimes are dishonest with themselves, and they'll engage in actions that they're really trying to save their marriage and convince themselves that they're doing it to better themselves and, and that they're doing it solely for their, for their own purposes. And I encourage you, to be honest with yourself, to really step back from the action or, or activity or behavior that you're considering and be as objective as you can. I like to tell left-behind spouses that when they start looking at their situation, to try to do so rather than looking at it as your own situation, look at it as if it was your friend's situation and based on the 
principles that we've been talking about in this podcast, if it was your friend's situation, would you encourage them to continue to do what they're doing or would you encourage them to make changes or to do something different? And so I think that's a, a good activity to add to your repertoire to try to step back from your situation and look at it as if it was somebody else's situation and what advice would you give to that person? Doing things to save your marriage, and especially when it comes to manipulation, will almost always backfire on you. In the first segment, we talked about individual counseling. And one of the things that I tried to uh, impress upon you was that you need to be doing it for the right reasons. If you engage in a behavior or an activity or an action to try to manipulate your spouse back to the marriage, it's going to cause a couple things. Number one, you won't get out of that behavior or activity what you should. So in the case of like individual counseling, if you're doing it for the wrong reason, more than likely you're not going to get the benefits of the individual counseling that you should. But the other thing that it does is it, it causes your spouse to look at what you're doing and see it for what it is, a manipulation attempt to try to get them to do something that, um, you know, they don't want to do. And it will also, the more that you do things like that, it will also cause them to be skeptical of any changes or anything that you do, whether it's sincere or not. So when you engage in these activities, when you, whether it's individual counseling, whether it's uh, self-improving, whether no matter what it is, um, you really need to step back from that and really ask yourself if you're doing it for the right reason. And certainly if you're doing it to try to manipulate your spouse back to the marriage, you need to have second thoughts about whether to engage in that or not. Now, one of the big ways that you can check yourself to see if you're doing it for the right reason is whether or not you're out to try to get your spouse to somehow know that you're engaged in that. So let's go back to the example of individual counseling that we talked about in the first segment. If you're doing individual counseling for the right reason, and that's self-improvement, trying to become the best version of yourself, trying to process through uh, your situation, what you're going through, deal with the hurt and the trauma. If you're doing it for those reasons, then you're probably not going to care whether or not your walkaway spouse knows you're an individual counseling or not. However, if you're in some way trying to let them know whether you're, you're tempted to come out and tell them your individual counseling, whether you tell other people who might uh, let your spouse know, whether you're posting it on social media, um, if you're in some way trying to let your spouse know 
that you're an individual counseling, then you're probably not doing it sincerely for the reasons that you should be doing it. And so that's one of the checks that you can put on yourself to determine whether your intentions are pure or not. Are you trying to get are you trying to get um, them to um, know that you're uh, involved in this activity or do you not care whether or not they find out? Again, sincerity is going to go a lot longer for you in improving your situation, no matter whether you save your marriage or not, than trying to manipulate your spouse back to the marriage. Sincerity is, um, you know, a, a very key component to uh, the principles that we're trying to get you to understand in this podcast for avoiding divorce. All of the things that you should be doing, uh, whether that's recapturing the life that you had before you knew your spouse or the self-improvements that you should be, be engaging in or learning to be happy by yourself, the reasons for those activities is number one, it takes the focus off of your spouse and puts it onto you. It allows you to try to uh, change or control what you can control, which is yourself. And it tries to set you up to help you move on and move forward with your life, no matter what your walkaway spouse eventually decides. It sets you up for success, not only uh, for moving forward with your life, but in your next relationship, whether that relationship is with your spouse or whether it's with somebody new. And so really being sincere about the actions that you're engaging in and doing them for yourself and being sincere in that activity and in, in, in that motivation is more important than the activity itself. And that's something that I, I really would like to impress upon you. Doing the right thing for the right reason is more important than doing the right thing. If you're doing the right thing for the wrong reason, as we said, you're not going to get out of it what you uh, would hope and your walkaway spouse will see right through it. Some of the things that I've told other left-behind spouses when I've detected that they were doing things, they were doing the right things, but they were doing them to try to manipulate their spouse back to the marriage, is, you know, it's, it's very similar to if you were in a situation where you were in the presence of another person and everything that you were doing in the presence of that other person was to try to get their attention. You'd constantly be keeping one eye on them to see what their reaction is. Um, you know, you would uh, say you were, uh, I don't know, cooking for them 
And so you were putting things in the blender and you were getting pots on the stove. And every time you did something like that, you looked over at them to see if they were noticing all of the hard work and effort that you were putting into that. That person was probably going to detect that. They're probably going to see that you are constantly looking for a reaction for everything that you do. That is what really um, causes your walkaway spouse to know that what you're doing is for their benefit and that you're trying to manipulate them back. They feel watched. They feel judged. They feel like everything that you're doing, you then turn and look at them to see if it's having an impact, to see if it's having, um, you know, see if, you're ha- see if they're having a reaction to what you're doing. And any chance at them thinking that you're sincerely engaging in these activities to better yourself or to, um, you know, become the best version of yourself can pretty much fly out the window at that point because they feel watched and judged and as everything as if everything you're doing is to try to manipulate them back to the marriage. So I highly encourage you, do the right things for the right reason. Do everything you're doing with sincerity. Do it for yourself. Do it whether or not your spouse knows or ever knows or notices why you're doing it. This is one of the reasons that you know we said early on in this podcast, that when you start making self-improvements, never point that out. Never point out improvements to your spouse because it erases the impact that improvement could have on them because now they think you're just doing it to get them back to the marriage. One last question you might have is, well, why is sincerity so important? Why is doing things for the right reason so important? Why is it so important uh, that they know that, um, uh, that, you know, or that they, you know, that, that they don't feel like they're being manipulated back to the marriage. The reason it's so important is because your spouse will never trust the changes if they feel it's not sincere. They'll, they will feel like if they were to come back to the marriage, as soon as you felt comfortable again, the old person would come right back and the old behaviors would come right back and all the changes would go out the window once the marriage was saved. So sincerity is so important because not only does it cement your improvements in your life, but it also can show the walkaway spouse that your improvements are permanent and not just something you're doing to try to get them back to the marriage. So that's our segment today on manipulation versus sincerity. Hope you found that helpful. Um, I'd like to remind you that we have an email address that's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. If you feel, uh, if you have any comments or questions or like to share your, your situation with us, feel free to email us there. We'll either respond to you or, or make uh, whatever subject that you might have a question on a subject for a future segment of this podcast. I want to thank you for listening. And now I encourage you to go out and do all you can to avoid divorce.